I'm a boss. I'm a boss. Welcome to the Bosspreneur Podcast, Becoming More. I'm your host, Becky A. Davis. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want to make a bigger impact with your product, your service, or your message. So each week, I'll pull the curtain back and go inside and share about money, mindset, and marketing ideas and strategies to help you become more. So let's jump in. Today's episode is going to be a different episode than my normal podcast episode because of all of the things that's going on in America today. I felt it necessary to have this conversation today. Um, So the title of today's podcast is I'm Hurt, But I'm Hopeful. This is a Black Lives Matter podcast for today. I am saddened by the deaths of George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and the list goes on as all these things has happened throughout history. And it's an experience that um, I would say probably every, if not most African-Americans have had to deal with in some form or capacity, Um, you know, as a woman in her fifties, you know, I've definitely had to deal with my share of racism strictly because the color of my skin and throughout my career you know I've worked with some amazing people who really invested the time and they invested resources in me to further develop my my skills and I so appreciate those people Um, and they were I had two white women um, Pam when I worked for the limited company and Tammy when I worked for Luxottica brands those were two white women that saw my skill set and my abilities and really um, took me under their wing to help open doors for me and to really uh, be a voice for me when it was time for promotion. And so I've had some great, great experiences, but I've also had those experiences where um, that I experienced because of the color of my skin and uh, being a black female manager and leader in white corporate America or in white corporate environment, that wasn't new to me because of things that I had experienced and uh, as a young girl um, at 16 in high school experiencing racism um, because of the color of my skin. But there are so many things that um, with George Floyd's death has um, impacted the uh, African-Americans. And I'm so thankful and grateful for the allies and the voices that are standing up and um, sharing um, their uh, upset and, and their anger that are not black faces, that are not black people that is going to be what helps changes the game because you know we can talk about it and be saddened by it and see it and then disconnect from it but you know when it continues to happen and to see what happened to George Floyd with uh, no resisting no fighting no I mean even when you are down and can't breathe you're not the normal reaction instincts kick in to save yourself and you know he didn't even tussle with that because just based on hearing everything you've heard from from people that that knew him he knew he was a big man he knew it was a big black man and that threatened a lot of people so he maintained 
calmness in all of that chaos. And so I'm hurt. I, I really am. I'm hurt because I have a son, uh, I have a husband uh, that are black men. And, you know, I have brothers, my father. And this is something that um, has scared our community as long as I've been alive. I mean, I know I've been with my brother before and cops have pulled us over and randomly asked for driver's license. And, you know, I didn't get that because it really happens more to black men uh, than black women. It does. It does happen to black women. But um, they, they there was nothing that he did. Um, and I mean, and the cop didn't even to say why you were pulling her over. It's just like uh, suspicion of what? Nothing. And, you know, the when we learn our, our rights and what can and can't be done, unfortunately, you can't even say that when a cop pulls you over. Is that, no, this is not my right. Well, then it just escalates the situation. So you have to. You have to 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 sit back and maintain and it, it is an integrity thing. It is a thing that is is uh, disheartening and um, it just takes a piece of you. And um, I, I'm hurt, but I'm I'm so hopeful with what we are seeing today um, in in the world. What we're seeing today in the world has really moved and touched my heart. And I am just in constant prayer that the flame does not blow out. You know, we've heard a lot of companies and corporations now um, speaking out and talking about uh, some of these things. And and that's great that you're speaking out, but now you got to put the action behind it. One of the things that when I was in corporate America and I was a manager in my twenties. And so um, I always had people that were older than me that reported to me. And I remember I, I was an assistant manager and the very first time as a um, assistant manager, as soon as I was promoted to the store manager, I had one of my employees, I get a phone call from our home office that said that um, there was a complaint that was filed by one of the employees and they were faxing me over the complaint and the information that I needed to submit um, regarding the complaint. One of my employees had said that I was reverse discrimination is has is how they described it. Now, if there's a reverse discrimination, that means there's a straightforward discrimination. And so that meant that because I was like, what is reverse discrimination is discrimination. But that meant, hey, you're a black person discriminating against a white person. And it said that I was giving my uh, white employees uh weekend and night schedules compared to my black employees I was giving the day shifts and uh, they were they were getting the weekend off now what's crazy about that statement at that time I had uh, an African-American male and an African-American female that were uh, on my team everyone else was all other races um, I had uh, an Asian I had a Mexican American uh, a Spanish a Latina on the uh, on the team, um, I had uh, an Indian um, from uh, India. So I had the most diverse team within our uh, in our region. And um, I get this email. And so I had to forward the last three months of schedules and highlight the um, races of the employees so that when 
home office got it, they could look at it and see what my scheduling practices was. So I submitted the information and, and I, you know, really found out who had submitted that. And it was one of my employees, a white female who was uh, wanted a weekend off. And um, based on our weekend, our policy for request off, she had requested a weekend off and two had already requested it. And part of our policy that she knew and signed off on is once there's two, then the third one will not get it. You have to choose another one. Well, she really wanted it. And I told her, I said, well, you can see if the other two will switch or change, but you can't have it off because it'll cripple us um, at work that weekend. So she was upset. She felt like she should get it off. What I ended up doing is submitting all of the requests off that she had made within the last two years that she was approved for. And the one that she was not approved for, I sent that in. And to be able to show home office, she's she's always gotten everything that she's ever asked for. This one time she didn't get off and she had plans. And then I get a call from our corporate office that I'm reverse discriminating. What? That threw me off, you guys. That knocked me um, to my knees. I didn't expect it. I didn't understand it. And I was like, why is this happening? And then I started to think, what have I ever done to her? What? It, I couldn't figure it out. But it was really God preparing me for what was to come. And at that that time and that age, I realized this is, Becky, right now, this is just to let you know what will what is going to happen as you further your your career because i had planned to move throughout through up in the company and so that's exactly what happened my my next promotion the exact same thing happened and um for the most part it was white men who really struggled to work under a black female leadership and i would get a call from my home office that reverse discrimination uh becky has it out for me uh she's treating me uh unfairly she's requesting things that uh she's not requesting of anyone else uh especially the the uh black uh, uh employees they would always compare themselves with the black employee because I was a black woman. Clearly, I had to be taking the side of a black employee and making their life easier and better. And anyone who has ever worked with me and really know who I am, I don't care who you are. I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care where you come from. I don't care your background. You have to do your job. If you don't do your job, we are going to have a problem and I am going to address that problem. We're either going to fix the problem or you will no longer be a part of this this team. I have been consistent in that and everything that I've always done. But what I learned when that happened to me the first time um, was to make sure that I documented every interaction that I had with any of my employees, good and bad. I documented things that they were doing well. I documented uh, conversations that we've had good. I documented conversations that no, nah, this is not good. Um, and I documented it because I wanted the documentation to be consistent. I didn't want documentation that was only the stuff that they did wrong. I wanted a full picture of the uh, the individual. So if anything was ever required or requested that I could submit that information because I was always going to be a target as an African-American woman for someone to say that some white person, white male or white female to say, 
I treated them unfairly because they were white. And that happened to me five times in my career. And each time it happened, by the time it got to the fifth time and I got the phone call, I was like, okay, I already have their file sitting on my desk um, because we have been going through um, problems with that employee and I am moving to uh, on the trajectory to terminate them. And they know they're on the fence to be terminated. So this is their way to, to wiggle out. If I can call HR and get her in trouble, then she has to leave me alone. But I just didn't play that game. I, I don't care if you call HR. And I, I said that to to my supervisor. I said that to HR. I said that to our legal departments to make sure that I needed to understand the company that I'm working for. Are you telling me that I need to no longer pursue uh, a bad performing employee because they feel this way and not because of their performance is not meeting expectation? Their results are below standards. They are not following policy and procedure. I need to be clear on what you are saying or I want to know that. And I needed to know that really because if the company ever would have said, well, Becky, yeah, leave it alone. That would have been my sign. It's time to go. Because I, I I just couldn't do it. I had experienced too much myself. And one of the things, if I wasn't going to do anything, I was going to support and fight for my uh, my team, my people, good, bad and ugly. I was going to fight for what was right. And if you were telling me to do something wrong and a situation, I, how am I going? You're going to take my uh, my power and authority away from um, making decisions. That's not best for me. It's best for your company. And um, I never got that from the company. They was like, no, you know, continue on the uh, the process with what you're doing. I would always have to have other managers that would come in and have to sit with me when I would meet with go and meet with some of the, my regional directors that were problems. I got to have a witness in there so someone else can hear what we're saying. So it's not he said, she said that it was crazy. And but by the time I got to the fifth one, I understood it. I knew I knew that this this was the game that I was going to have to play. And I I asked uh, a couple of my um, peers that were white. Had it happened to them? They had never had that to happen to them. Now, I'm not assuming that, you know, that covers everyone in the company. But I just wanted to know from them, you know, are you dealing with this? Well, yeah, they had problem employees, but they wasn't getting those calls to corporate America. I mean, to our corporate office that um, someone was discriminating against them. I got it five times in five different positions. So it, it it's the reality. It definitely happens. It doesn't need to change without a doubt. Listen, let me tell you one of the things that let me give you some inside inside information about some things that happen in corporate America in the black uh, uh, community for black employees that um, other employees or white employees have probably never even thought about. You know, most of the time I was in a uh, in a position and and the only one in the position or the only female in the position, if there was uh, another person, I'm, I've had a black peer that has been in different leadership roles with me, um, but different times I was the only one. And so 
um, when we would go to our, our, our corporate meetings or our annual summit where all of the, the leaders from the company would come um, to, to one location for um, training and, and, and all of this stuff. It was always, you know, just a handful of African-Americans and, and people we knew each other. And um, to walk up to someone and say, hey, girl, it's been a long time. Haven't seen you. And I'm, I'm talking to another African-American uh, manager in the company and then another African-American guy come up. Hey, y'all, what's going on? And we sit there and have a conversation after about 10 or 15 minutes. We all look at each other and say, OK, well, we need to break up because they don't think we all group together and you know what they plotting or what they doing. Um, so we would have a conversation. But no more than 10 or 15 minutes and we would have to disperse to start to mingle among all of the other employees um, within the company. And, you know, I have often asked myself, I don't think a white person has ever been in a group talking to other white people and said, Hey, let's, let's go ahead and just kind of mingle so we can make sure we are interacting with the, with the other, other races and other cultures. It's just standard, normal to sit and have a conversation without any uh, uh, background information to think that's not that's not a good thing to do. But for African-Americans, we have to disperse after a certain amount of time because it has happened so many times when, you know, someone will come up to you and say, hey, I saw you talking to, you know, so and so and so and so. And, you know, you know, you guys are catching up. Yeah. Just saying, hey, it's like, oh, is everything OK? Why does everything what kind of question is that? Because but if I'm in a conversation and I'm talking to two white people, I will never get asked that question. Never get asked that question. But if I'm talking to two or three people, it's like, are they is it a conspiracy? Come on, people. It's just the person that it looks familiar and it's a breath of fresh air. Let me go and talk uh, uh, to them. Hey, how are you doing? It's that's all it is. It is not. Uh, putting a plan together. Hey, listen, we're going to meet in the back. And when we meet in the back, we're going to rise up in the car. None of that is going on. But unfortunately, as African-Americans, when we are working in environments, that happens. That happens more often. And I'm so grateful when I I worked for um, Luxottica, the company, and uh, my boss, Pam, who just really took me under her wing. We were on a team meeting. Um, she and it was it was um, six, six or eight of us as regional directors. We were on a team meeting. And at that meeting, we were in a cabin um, somewhere where snow was. I can't even remember. New Hampshire. We was in New Hampshire and we was in cabins and uh, we were cooking dinner for that night to eat. And we sat around the table. Tammy had the most diverse team in the entire company. Um, she had um, an Asian American woman. She had uh, a white female. Um, she had a Hispanic male. She had a black male. She had me, a black um, female. She had the most diverse leadership team within the organization. And it was intentional. Tammy was a, a person of of diverse that the more minds think, uh, uh, think, creates different thinking and different results. And we were at the table having dinner and we started talking. And I don't even know how we got on the subject of race. 
And I think it started because we could look around the table and see the diversity at the table. And we started talking about how the company doesn't look like what this team looks like. And as we started to do that, everyone started to share experience that they've had based on their race and their culture. And it was so funny. Um, two of the, the white men that were there listened to the uh, Hispanic guy's story and listened to the black man's story and said, I would have never, I would have never thought that. But it was a day that we could literally, and it was the first time I had been worked with a company and felt comfortable sharing my experience as a black woman working in corporate America with my team and my boss. And that felt so good to me because normally you you can't you don't have those conversations you have to have those conversations with people that can handle the conversations but everybody in corporate America just think you're you're saying stuff to blow uh, smoke and race was never an issue that I was going to make a reason why something didn't happen that was not going to be why that was not going to be my reason because I didn't want it to be. And I didn't want you to think, oh, that's the excuse you're using because that's how people make you feel. Oh, you're using that as an excuse. That was not going to be mine. I was, it was going to be something tangible, something factual, uh, something that can be proven for of anything that I was going to, um, to bring to the table. So it is, it is a reality and um, I know for some people it's hard to hear and it's hard to believe. And um, I, I just asked you to um, think about if it's possible that that what people are saying is true. If it's not your experience, it does not mean it does not exist. It's just not your experience. And, and I get that. But it is other people's experience. And when you continue to hear the same thing over and over from different people, it cannot just be crying wolf. It's like the wolf is really here and the wolf is trying to eat me. And um, I, I'm so grateful and thankful for the people who say, I see the wolf now. I see the wolf and I see what the wolf has done. I am really even more grateful for those who say, I didn't realize that I was a part of it. I didn't realize that I was being a wolf. I didn't realize that I took a couple of snaps at you at well, as well. I'm so grateful for those people. And then there's others that will be the wolf and say, I'm the wolf. And I don't know what you're talking about. I'm supposed to be the wolf. I'm in this, this world to be the wolf. Unfortunately, you know, I just get to eat people. You know, it's sad for those people, but I'm thankful for the place that we are at in this world today. And I'm praying for healing of our land because it definitely needs to be um, healed. And I am, am in this movement. I believe in this movement. I am a part of, uh, want to be a part of the cause for change um, to do my part. And so I have, have actively got involved to figure out the people that don't need to be in um, in leadership um, with them in, in politics and um, in positions that they have no business when they do not represent um, me. And if their representation is negative about me, then that has to change. And um, I will be a part of the, the process and the movement and the actions that I take, the time that I uh, spend to help move people out of the way that should not be there and open the door for the way who 
for people who are looking for equality for all, regardless of race, color, skin, religion. And so often, you know, people say, well, you know, we've come a long way. We have, but we are not there yet. We still have some ways to go as long as black people are dying in the street in front of cameras with no um, no remorse, no fear that the camera is on. Then we have work to do. And this is something that um, that just hurts me because it it's affecting my family. My, my family is black. So if someone dies um, just because the color of the skin, it hurts. It hurts in a way that if you've never experienced it, you probably wouldn't understand it um, or you wouldn't get it. But just believe that it does happen. That's one step. That's one step in the right direction. So I am uh, I wanted to kind of just share some of my thoughts, my journey and the things that I've experienced as a black female, as a black female leader um, of, of people and the things that I've had to endure. And um, I pray for continued healing for all of those families who have lost their loved ones due to um, violence that was unnecessary, unnecessary for them to lose their life and uh, believe that a change is coming. I'm so thankful to all the people in the world who have joined this cause and this movement with the United States um, as well. So I'm hurt, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful because I believe that um, things will get better um, as long as we stay. Um, keep our hand, as my mother would always say, keep your hand to the plow. Don't stop as long as we do that. And God is still in control, even through all of this that's going on. It might be a shock to uh, to other people. It might be a shock to to the world. But God knew everything that was going to transpire. And so I still believe and trust in him. And um, because of that, um, that uh, gives me hope. That's where my hope go- comes from. So thanks, guys, for taking the time to um, listen to me today. Uh, I-, I pray that you join the movement for Black Lives Matter um, to be able to do what it is you can do. And if that just means getting a better understanding, then um, take that step to get a better understanding um, that will help bring change to this world. All right. Till next time. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Bosspreneur, B-O-S-S-P-R-E-N-E-U-R. And you'll learn more about the Bosspreneur Business Circle. I share training, workshops, speaking engagements. Plus, I'll share with you some videos and information to help you become more. You can go to the thebosspreneurbusinesscircle.com. That's B-O-S-S-P-R-E-N-E-U-R businesscircle.com or beckyadavis.com.